0: Wherever you get your podcasts. Chakten an indo askeilige. Time iman iruk ti yen of chakt er a harp. Aga soligam amar kan sha gar fejer e har enuik len of winter fein. Skil turmi. Tha do chreacha nach vethach ara Iorgunamhian an cheist sin eacal. We in talam ag in am guriv ahrachar in rachdom. Iad tuig sheathar an guriv an ahrachar sin ilis <laughs> dohalag is cimine fnaht vin marav. Shachtan, find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler. Now, how do you grow a small company, a tech company? Is it worth doing an MBA at any point? And is Ireland making a mistake by concentrating so heavily on foreign tech multinationals? Well, Professor Joe Haslam is the Executive Director of the Owner's Scala Program at IE Business School in Madrid, which is the fourth ranked Business School for Entrepreneurship in the World. He was also on the founding team of Marrakesh, a Dublin-based e-procurement company that raised over $75 million in venture capital and scaled to over 250 people. And he's the co-founder and chairman of Hot Hotels. Joe, you're very welcome to the podcast. Great to be here, Adrian. Joe, I mentioned that the IE Business School is the fourth ranked college. What are the top three (laughs)
1: Well, they're all American, you know, and uh, I think we're more most, you know, I guess Stanford is always going to have and then MIT Mm. and then Babson would be the third one in Boston. So So
0: what are you doing wrong that they're ahead of you?
1: (laughs) I wonder about that. I think that uh, Americans have the money, you know, that's the thing that Spain, uh, it's just America, you know, we we can criticize them in many things. But when they see something, they double down on it like crazy Mm. and make it as big is possible. Mm. Uh, and, and with that comes results. Um, but, uh, you know, what's interesting is that Babson is, is the least known. Everyone knows Stanford, everyone knows MIT, but, but Babson, because they specialize in entrepreneurship. And it's quite incredible when people talk about business schools, many of the criticisms that business schools get are because they're, you know, finance and strategy and things like that. But business schools that are dedicated specifically to entrepreneurship are very
0: different institutions. Now, we'll get into some of the Company stuff uh, uh, in a minute, but you grew up in Cork, right?
1: Yeah, I was born in Limerick and and we were there till I was 16. So, and then we we moved to Cork. So it's a sort of like I tell Limerick people I'm from Limerick and I tell Cork people I'm from Cork. And then that way you get on with everything. So, how did you end up in Madrid? Uh, I looked, uh, well, you know, we set up Marrakesh, this company in Dublin, which, you know, went went back a long time. And, as part of that process. You know, as you mentioned, we raised $75 million and scale to 250 people. Uh, there was two things that I got out of that. Actually, three things. Uh, the first thing was we found ourselves around a lot of tables as part of the fundraising and people would discuss, you know, they go around the table and they all say where they got their MBA. And I sort of said, well, I don't really have one. That was sort of the first thing. The second thing was that we were given a lot of money and, and but it struck me that there was no playbook for scaling. You know, everyone talked about how to start and everyone talked about how to run a large company, but nobody really talked about like fast growing companies, how fast growing companies are different. And the third thing was that we had uh, operations in Argentina and Mexico. So I started to sort of see how business was done in Mexico. Uh, maybe you call it the, the Latin way. And that that gelled in much more nicely with the time I'd spent in Silicon Valley, where, you know, someone could call you and then a week later, they'll pretend they've never met you. Uh, in, in Mexico and Argentina, you spend a lot of time building Relationships, and I thought that was more Irish. It's it said everywhere I go in Spain, you know, that the Irish are the Mediterraneans of the North, and all of that. So I kind of, you know, felt that you know our they often say like Irishness is completely wasted in Ireland, you know. So like, where well, if you go somewhere else, I mean, it's we, we get away with absolute murder. You know, other people are just shocked the way that people sort of instantly gravitate to us. But
0: you, you you because that old very cynical adage mm-hmm. of those who can do, those who, who can't teach, you had done, you had actually done the business and the startup. Mm-hmm. And then, albeit with your very logical explanation of your parents having been in academia, you, you, you then followed them in, into that.
1: But I think in a business school, it definitely does help with your credibility. It does help a lot that you can talk about. I mean, I've been in, on the co-founding team of six companies at this stage, so that does you that gives you credibility. Um, I think the thing about you know those who those who can do and those who can't teach, you know, it, it, it sort of is one of those sort kind of things that, that people say. But uh, anyone who's ever scaled a company, even the you know the the, the you know Lyon, who you might know here yeah, behind fire, fire and all yeah. of that, mm-hmm. he, he he did an interview, and of course he he was <laughs> beside. He had lived next door to John Teeling, who's probably he's probably my. Are, you know, in terms of the Irish entrepreneurs I'm most impressed with, it's probably him. And and John
0: so That's Colum, interesting, it's, it's not a, a tech founder it's, it's No, no, it.
1: because he he was also an academic yeah. and also an entrepreneur. Uh, but but Colm talked about how you know, so he had a lot of advice, but then when Enterprise Ireland put together a program for Irish entrepreneurs to go to Sanford and he said it just kind of put structure on things and gave him confidence to take decisions and, you know, made him simplify what he was doing and things like that.
0: So that's interesting. I wanted to ask about the idea of an MBA, because it does seem to be something that will, you know, rocket fuel your, your career, your prospects. What is it about an MBA? Is it always worth trying to do an MBA? Uh, you know, should more people be considering it?
1: Yeah, well, an MBA in a top school is definitely worth it. An MBA... Why? Why? Be, because of your access to the other people. OK, so know? is that
0: really a key thing, though, your access to the other people as opposed to the actual for want of a better word, learnings yeah. in the Look, actual degree. It's like,
1: it's like football, you know, when you play with better people, you become a better mm. player yourself. Uh, and I think there is an element of confidence to it when you start to realise, oh, I'm just as good as everyone else, even though I come from a small country. Uh, I think also studies about entrepreneurs have high correlation. I mean, entrepreneurship, there's no one kind, but the one, as most of what we can say, is that the ability to persuade people mm. is the thing that most of all makes you an entrepreneur. Uh, and and that's really all you're doing is persuading people in one way or another to buy stuff, to come work with you, to give you money, you know, to, to wait for another week. And to is that payments. an art or is that something innate or is that
0: something that can be home? You
1: can get better at it. Um, it helps if you have some natural ability, but everyone can get better. Uh, I think, again, studies start to say that, um, y- you know, that this thing about our, our, our entrepreneurs born or made, uh, people like to tell a story, you know, but they, it's the same way you read an autobiography of someone like Michael Dell and it's like, oh, shucks, you know, mm. I just worked hard and looked after my customers. And it's, it's not really true at all. You know, mm. he there was a lot more behind his success. Uh, so
0: I, I've I, met Michael Dell yeah, a couple of times. And um, you can see, even talking to a lowly journalist like me, you you can absolutely see some of what makes him an interesting person to talk to. You'll you'll stay with for 30 seconds more, 60 seconds more, and you'll listen to his pitch. And it's a combination with Michael Dell of a certain amount of charm, an interest in you, and and, uh, you can see a determination to be present in the moment with you. And I'm sure that's just... I'm only scratching the surface there of of what makes but him an
1: entrepreneur. M- Michael's book, if you compare like Shoe Dog, the book about Phil yeah. Knight, you know, like, like, yeah, Phil Knight. you know, that's such a different book, and mm. that really brings you under the covers. Uh, whereas Michael's biography is is you know very much kind of like you know how can you, yeah like, you know, know
0: what there's probably a book to be done about a number of companies. Um, in, in Ireland for, for whom that's true. I mean, even, I mean, to be fair to them, it, the Web Summit, I, I, I mean, the, the, a similar kind of a story, really. Uh, a lot of young fellas and young ones in the Web web Summit who were encouraged to ring up, you know, the yeah, yeah. one of the, managing directors of Goldman Sachs and and they do it and then they leave that company and they they end up having you know pretty successful careers what,
1: what Paddy has done is uh, there's a generation of people who've gone on to set up really interesting companies who who initially got their start with Paddy and then they as you see, builds confidence mm. you know that's the thing like once you start to think like I can do this you know mm. and that's actually you know when governments ask about how to foment, you know entrepreneurship and they ask about accelerators and incubators and stuff what generally often happens is that great companies come out of somewhere like the web Summit or Iona Technologies going back oh e- my even God, further
0: a number know. of companies out of Iona what do you think about Ireland's strategy in general we've had a, a policy it's been now a national policy for the last 35 years 40 years maybe of encouraging foreign multinationals and you could make a very strong argument in favor of the success that ha- that has uh, brought uh, certainly in terms of employment certainly in terms of corporate taxation and then on 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 the other hand, I've also, I'm aware of arguments that would suggest that that's fine but actually we're missing the thing that could actually make us a high skills country in the long term where, where do you stand on all that? Yeah I mean I, I get asked about it a lot
1: um, and uh, there's a couple of things you might say the first thing is that a lot of the things that we win you know like big wins or something there's actually really nobody seriously competing with us for those things you know I mean you know many com- countries do look at Ireland and it's like why are you favouring non- foreigners I guess to use the word over your own people that seems to be kind of quite yeah, Sorry, when you say
0: that do you mean uh, sorry American companies yeah 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 okay. yeah you so know. the Googles, the Metas, the Apples, the Microsofts. Yeah. All of those Listen, big companies. Listen, it's great in terms of... I,
1: and, and But first of all, I put on the green jersey when required. You know, the Irish, we 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 tolerate ambiguity very well. So I will be here on critical of IDA, Enterprise Ireland. But when they call me and they say, can we get an intro to somebody? I, I, I always do it straight away. And I,
0: I would I would never not do it. Um, but what 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 is the opportunity for gone? Let's say, um, I, I wouldn't even say Meta or Google. But let's say we're let's say we're all delighted with the thousands of people that met in Google uh, and you know, Salesforce and Microsoft and all the rest are employing, say in Dublin, for example. I could choose Cork and a few companies down there as well. Where, where's the opportunity foregone uh, there in terms of employment, in terms of resources? What we we,
1: we talk about Google and Meta, the way, you know, the British talk about the Second World War, you know, it's that kind of... Like, our saviors are... You know, a, a it national... is, it's that sort of like our finest moment, you know, kind of stuff, like, and, and it's kind of over. And and I, I mean, I'm not saying that the tech stuff is over, you know, but, but there, there's two issues. One is that what's called crowding out, which is this notion that if you are an entrepreneur and you're trying to hire good programmers or whatever, um, you, you know, they will, they will obviously go for the free food in Google and, and all that kind of mm. stuff. Like, that's a real thing. Uh, the second thing is that, and Stephen Kinsla in, in UL has done research on this, there's no spin off effect. You know, that is to do sometimes with the, the type of work that's done in these companies. They don't often have product and things like that. Now, the research would say that there should be a spin off
0: effect, but for whatever reason, it isn't really happening. So, that's the name in, in say, web services, we'll call that. Loosely. Yeah, I, I can see exactly what you're saying and it makes perfect sense. And on the other hand, I'm also wondering whether if we didn't have those tech companies and if we didn't have people who are going to work as project managers or you know engineering leads or whatever, would we still be stuck in Ireland with a country of solicitors and bank managers and kind of the, the, the dreary sort of stuff that when I was leaving school was still kind of... Your career guidance teacher would say, now you be sensible and go and get a job as an accountant. Well the thing is that we we look at the wrong countries. You know, this is
1: all we, we, we should be looking at Denmark and the Netherlands, you know, as being the countries. You know, the Netherlands have ASML, Booking.com, uh, oh, yeah. Yen, you know, all these kind of fantastic companies that they build. Denmark has, of course, you know, is it no no one else could become the large, biggest company in the world, you know, and an echo and all this. But they are they
0: are countries of similar sizes to Ireland but they've such a different history don't they i mean they've they've a much more self assured confident yeah. in their own culture I, and i say that in the loosest terms because we do have a very uh, confident culture um and you know you mentioned colonialism i mean denmark and 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 the netherlands were both basically yes, colonial were, countries yeah. and so they've got these centuries of of uh, kind of um, folk memory of being the yeah. masters of their own domain. Yeah. And we and, just and don't have that. <laughs> or is that is just an excuse? Am I, am, I, am I just rationalizing here?
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the, the other thing, of course, is that most, up to 90% of business is family business. And in Ireland, the rates of family business are really low. You know, and, and actually a lot of the famous family businesses are Protestant businesses. You know, if you mm. go back, it's frightening to look 100 years ago at Independence, who owned what were the big, how many of them are still there? Yeah. You know, and and uh, so Ireland suffers from the lack of family businesses. We suffer from the lack of, of like, I mean, you could literally you know, go past kind of like Ryanair, Pre Mark, Smith's Toys, you know, a couple of those kind of like you, you're struggling once you go back 20 to find people who've, who've said, you know, we're just as good as
0: everyone. Yeah, no, that's know. a fair point. And now, when I talk to tech firms and whether, particularly scale ups, actually, um, When you boil it down, what they look for when asked what make things better are things like more incentives, lower taxes, reform of capital uh, structures, things like that. And sometimes I am left thinking, is that not just a pretty old fashioned capitalist ask, you know? It doesn't really get to the culture bit, the ingenuity bit, even the education bit. So,
1: first of all, I, I, I'm totally on board with the Scale Ireland people, you know, every year at budget time, you know, Brian Caulfield and Martina, they, they put in a submission to put them into the Finance Act and it doesn't get there. Bits of it get there. Bits of it, yeah. But, you know, not all of it. So... You know, so here's the thing. If governments say, like governments, if you go back, like the Telesis report, the Colliton report, like it's report after report about industrial strategy. But the problem is that it comes up with saying like that, you know, putting all your bet into like um you know multinationals and that kind of stuff that don't have spin off effects is and is is not good industrial policy it's not building an industrial base so they their their reports kind of don't come up with what they want to hear you know yeah
0: i'm wondering what it is that we might do as an alternative or, or as, some, as a supplementary measure even. Have you thought about Here's that?
1: Here's the thing. So um, it's interesting that we kind of have it the wrong way around, which is to say that we put our supports into helping people start. And then the feeling is like once you get them kind of over the hump to a certain level, then they'll be good enough to, to use the market to get money and sell product and stuff. That's actually the wrong way around. So what you should do is, is kind of let people use their animal spirits to get going in the first place. And then once they get going, then... You support them in the scale up, in the money, in the partnerships and all of that. And,
0: and that's really, that's kind of the American way. I'm, I'm sure it's inevitable there'll be a degree of that, uh, you know. So so in other words, to take it into an Enterprise Ireland context then, that they should maybe just spread more of it around or have a bigger budget? Yeah, maybe? like
1: Enterprise Ireland are are incredibly worried about accountability. And, and, and that's actually a good thing in some ways, but they are... Incred- Wasting money, you mean? Yeah, they're worried about, like, y- you know, uh, like, you know, everyone gets a bit and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like they're worried about perception and, and worried about those kind of, like, taking... The problem with people like Dennis O'Brien and Paddy and stuff like that is that, like, they're kind of gobby entrepreneur troublemaking kind of types. Mm-hmm. And, and entrepreneur uh, Enterprise Ireland, um, and I've worked, you know, I know it's said a lot about Enterprise Ireland, they've, they've some exceptional individuals, which is true. You know, they, they kind of like giving money to safe people, you, you know, and, and, and those kind of people. And the safe people aren't the people who have that kind of run-through
0: walls determination, which is what it takes. So I think what you're saying is that you're better off just taking a chance, not worrying quite as much about traditional criteria, and then, like, if someone comes to you with an idea, be more, have a higher propensity just to go with it and see what happens uh, 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 on the understanding that it might actually fall flat but that's just part of the the, the price for picking out the jewels very
1: it? much part of the thing but so you're going to have to you know say something here that's controversial about, like <laughs> in among certain crowd but the debate comes down to what's called picking winners or not picking winners right and so You know, in an Anglo-Saxon world, um, of which I am no longer have 20 years in Spain, and I I would go to a lot of events in Spanish, in an Anglo-Saxon world, picking winners is frowned on. But in a non-Anglo-Saxon world, picking winners is, you know, but of course, like. So you have, you know, that's Korea's development policy. That's France's development policy. That's Spain's development policy. You know, whereas in Ireland, you know, it, it's sort of Boston and Berlin stuff, you know, which is to say that we have this in the same way that the products we create or, or the people we compare themselves to are, are both UK and US, uh, you know, the way which our attitude towards, you know, public services and fixing housing and all that kind of stuff. You know, if you talk to development economists again, they will say that, like, you know, if you want to make a city popular, it's not about a, a big spectacular building. It's about repairing the flower pots you know like that's the stuff that matters yeah and I'm just
0: wondering what we can do I mean are you do you think that we're too soft do you think we're not pick going out of our way you know, in in as forthright away to pick the winners, for example. And if so, how on earth would Enterprise Ireland do I think we, we, do what that? we
1: don't do, um, you know, Anne Enright has this famous, the novelist has this thing about, you know, Ireland tells itself, uh, tells a lot of stories about itself, none of which are actually true. And, and there's a lot of stuff about, like how many entrepreneurs really reach out to other people and say, God, I loved your podcast. Well done. Great. Keep going. Uh You know, hey, I heard some great stuff about you. You know, in Ireland, we're we're all, um, you know, Jack Ryan, who's you know one of the Ryans. Uh, you know, he he talks about loneliness in Ireland being a huge thing, which is a sort of a surprise, you know. And I saw it as well. Like the J had this initiative during the pandemic of kind of reaching out to people who weren't able to go down to the club like they usually were, and stuff like that. So that's the thing about Ireland that we we like. I have to say, and and Pat Phelan, who you, whose name you know as well, and is and me, were very much agreed at this that there isn't so much. The pulling people down like I think every Irish person I've ever asked for help has always helped me and and you you kind of you only notice it when you ask a Spanish person who, who doesn't help you like what you know like I'll send an email and they'll say hey I don't know but ask column you know ask whatever in Spain you'll just get a you know no no nada gracias you know and it's a sort of like it's a thing you know because the family ties are strong so what we have to do is, is get the whole mentoring thing there is an organisation called Endeavour Ireland for instance a guy called Rory Guinan who actually I'm a meeting after this. Endeavor is a fantastic organization, you know. They do two things. First of all, they don't let the people that get in are all people of substance who have genuinely built companies. They're not people who tell a good story but never made a profit. This is what the edge. Is yeah, involved yeah, in. yeah. The edge yeah. Uh, uh, has was involved in it. Um, you know, like there, like you too, is even a really interesting story and continues to be and is an inspiration to a lot of people.
0: And and you know, again, we slag them off a bit here, but there quite a lot of wealth from those big companies, and I suppose as a ph- philosophical discussion as well as if those billions go to pay for schools and you know social welfare and all that sort of stuff, what is the degree to which because it puts to which... us
1: off? The, the, if you can get money that way, mm. I mean that's kind of like you can think of that money like on oil. You can think of it like that way, like and people have used that analogy that that our tax corporation tax benefits are like Norway's oil. But you know, of course, Norway's oil put it into a sovereign wealth fund. You know, track the S and P five hundred. Um, and, you know, rather than used it for like tax cuts mm. or something like that. Mm. But there's a huge thing that it puts off the, the fact that we can get money from that puts off the fact that we have to kind of go to these. Like there's all these books like The Misfits, The Outsiders, you know, that, that these like there's even Why Nations Fail, you know, that book. And that talks about the fact that a lot of, of elites, you know, keep like the kings the way they are. That certain kinds of people continue to do well, and they don't like the fact that, like, some guy from black tie can now own a beautiful house—is it Aldersbury or Shrewsbury Road? You know, that's kind of like you know, we you know these kind of like new money coming in and doing stuff. You know, that's not an Irish characteristic. You know, that's a kind of a
0: characteristic. You oh find yeah, there'd be novels. Jane, Jane Austen was writing about that a yeah. couple of hundred years ago. Before, while I have you here, um, a couple of other things. One of the courses that you teach. Which is, I think, believe it's called the trillion dollar challenge. Yeah. And we now have six or seven trillion dollar companies in tech anyway. Microsoft, Apple, Meta just joined the club, Google, Nvidia. Tesla was there, it's it's fallen off. Amazon yeah. will be there. Do you think we're gonna see more? Uh yeah. And and you know, I interviewed Sam
1: Altman when he was on his world tour. And Sam told me that he expects there to be like one person. You know, certainly billion dollar companies, Mm. trillion dollar companies is another thing. What those companies tell us is about exponentiality. You know, this whole notion that uh, and, and again, the studies that do on why American companies scale up is that they leverage technology better than we do. You know, irony of ironies. Actually, Jim Power, who's another name, like wrote this report about why small firms, he did actually a lot of work, and I I wish his report would be widely read, you know, about how you see these SMEs and they're, you know, still using faxes. They don't invest in technology. They're using Excel or back of the envelope kind of stuff. And American companies tend to, because there's more of a hustle culture and there's more of a, they tend to like invest in accounting systems, invest in reporting. Like if you can get good management information running a company, is quite easy. The problem is if you've no information on which to make a decision. So that's why you start to see these companies. And, you know, Italy, Spain, Portugal, Ireland, Greece, why we don't have more scale-up companies is we we don't invest in in exponential technology. Mm. You know, we don't invest. When I had a hotel booking company, obviously we had an algorithm that was like selling hotels in Brazil when I was sleeping. But in general, we, we don't really understand. Like, there's just amazing things technology can do, and it's got much more easier to use in terms of like the cloud and and those. I sound like a software salesman now, you know. No, no, I
0: I take your point. Um, And a kind of a, a sideways comment to that at the moment. I've been reporting quite a bit over the last few weeks about kind of a mini round of job cuts and layoffs in the tech sector. Countless companies now, over 80,000 tech jobs, quite a few here in Ireland as well, kind of some of them under the radar. And this is happening at a time when tech companies are seeing booming revenues as well. I think Meta, for example, cut about a third of its workforce last year here. yeah, And they just had an absolute blowout set of earnings. We're seeing DocuSign are about to let some people go and they say they're probably going to exceed their revenue guidance for the year. I wonder what's going on here. There seems to be two sides to this story. Yeah, I mean, you—you you,
1: there are many countries in Europe that you can't do that. You can't, mm. if you're profitable to a certain amount, you, you just can't fire people, you know? But, you know, some people would say that's what holds Europe back. Um, so, I don't know, like, that's where competition comes into it. Like, you know, the should billionaires exist thing. Uh, like, there's a huge argument about the fact that, OK, Facebook allow you SMEs to sell ads, but they also have stifled innovation, you know, by buying companies and things like that. Like, it's not that billionaires shouldn't exist, but that competition should be such that they don't exist. Well, the richest
0: man in the world is European. Yeah. Bernard Arnault is already taken. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's an amazing um, stat. Like, and I I study him as one. I mean, just as I study Spotify and all of the European scale-ups, like they all have something really interesting to do. But of course, Bernard is is tortured that he doesn't have Chanel, which is the brand he wants. I mean, my sister's be roaring Laugh, so um, laughing at the fact that I'm 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 sitting in Madrid talking to people about fashion. So but. his two hundred
0: sixty billion are just you know.
1: The, all of these people Mancio Ortega who's head of Inditex who's 86 is also kind of tortured by lots of stuff like these kind of guys So
0: stinking you, rich but they're unhappy Joe that's what you're saying
1: <laughs> Well yeah, there's more of it but it's the the tragic irony is that the things that made you successful the intensity the focus all of those things are also the things that very often mean you can't enjoy it and uh, Mancio some of the things he has in his life and and Bernardi, worries about succession he worries about his kids you know, he worries about lots of these kind well, we of
0: things. All, we all have those worries. It's just I don't have hundreds of billions of euro to to comfort me. But That's the point, which is to
1: say that that if his kids go bad, they they have the resources to go really bad. You right.
0: Know? Yeah, well, that, that's a fair point. Um, I'd love to chat a bit more with Professor Joe Haslam. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on, uh, the Executive Director of the Owner Scale Programme at IU Business School in Madrid, the fourth ranked business school for entrepreneurship in the world and one of the top 10 business schools in the world. Rory Bones was on sound and JJ Clark produced this episode. I'm Adrian Weckler. You've been listening to The Big Tech Show and we'll talk to you again soon.